Welcome to the Testimony Word broadcast from the Keepers House Chapel International. Our mission is to bring healing, transformation, and meaning to the lives of people in different societies with the good news of Jesus Christ. When you allow yourself to grow in a relationship with Him, you start getting filled up. When you are full of the Spirit, you will be restrained and constrained from doing some things that are not of honest report. God's servant delivers the word of truth with clarity, simplicity, and dexterity. Here is Pastor Francis Aubin proclaiming God's mind to you today. This morning we are going to be talking about the activation of praise. We are going to be talking about the activation of praise. And so in the month of August, expect great things. Expect mighty things. Expect powerful things. We want to do 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And we want to read from verse number 10. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse number 10. And now, behold, the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom thou wouldest not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and destroyed them not. 11 says, Behold, I say, they reward us to come to cast us out of thy possession which thou hast given us to inherit. So here we understand that the children of God, Judah to be specific, were there and they were attacked by three nations at least. The Bible said they were as, the, the multitude of these nations were as the sand by the seaside. They couldn't be counted. In fact, Jehoshaphat, when he was praying before the Lord, he said that you know that we do not have strength to face these people, that we are totally overwhelmed. These people are a superpower, and coming together as a combined force, we will not be able to face them. So they had to turn to God. So first of all, for the record, we had Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir ganging up against the children of God. And when they came, the people of God were totally exasperated. They, they were totally overwhelmed and uh, overtaken. And so, question is, when you are in a situation where you need the intervention of God, how do you activate the presence of God to come to your rescue? Let me say that when we talk about activating, we are not activating God because God is always alive and living. But there is a way that the presence of God can be here and we are not activated enough to tap into it. And there's a way that the presence of God can be here and it's not manifesting in the, at the level of operation. It's just there as a presence. But for the presence to move into a working functionality, there are things or conditions that must be laid in, in place for the presence to move from just being a dwelling presence to a functional active, working presence. That's, that's a distinction. So God is with every believer, but not every believer encounters the manifested, working, functional presence of God. And in this month of activation, we want to learn about the things that when we put in place will make us entertain the presence of God and make the presence of God functional in working in our space and on our behalf. I believe this is a very beautiful teaching. Look at the scripture again. And so when these people came, 
God said, don't kill them when they got to the promised land. Leave them to my care. I want to state that any problem that is rearing its head in your life right now or is yet to rear its head in your life right um, in the future has been given permission by God. And God has total control over the devil because the devil is his creature. The problems or the activities or if you like call it the ministry of the devil is also under the total control of God. And so it is God who said don't kill them. And when God, when you petition God to destroy something now and God defers the destruction to an unknown future time, God is just trying to do one thing. He's just trying to give glory or he's just trying to cloud himself in glory with that situation. Jesus told them that the sickness of Lazarus, my friend, is not unto death, but that the glory of the Lord shall be seen. So when believers will encounter some things that are distasteful and uh, they are troubling, one of the revelations and insight we should have is when we are pushing for result, testimonies, for solution, and the solution is not forthcoming, our duty is to keep seeking the face of God, but not to be worried because in the end, God is going to clad himself in glory with that situation. And when God uses your situation to bring glory to himself, you are also going to be a partaker of that glory. And we will see at the end of the, the whole service that these people had a mighty harvest um, come unto them. The people of Judah had a mighty harvest come unto them. With this same enemy, God will not kill at the time they wanted God to kill. And so here we see that afflictions and adversity and troubles in your life, they are for a purpose. And so when you want God to work on your behalf, when you want the presence of God to be activated on your behalf, look at what the Bible said in verse number 17. Actually, a prophecy came when they were overwhelmed that they should come down. And in verse number 17, the Bible said, ye shall not need to fight in this battle. That's a prophecy. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. This is beautiful scripture. This is one of the prettiest scriptures in the Bible. God said, in the moment of trouble, I want you to have this mindset. that if you are seeking me, the prophecy that will come is that ye shall not need to fight in this battle. So fear not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Don't be dismayed means don't be troubled. Don't be afraid means fear not. <laughs> and God said, tomorrow by this time you go out there, I am with you. God's presence and God's support for his children is constant. God is always working even when we can't see it, even when we can't feel it. So in this month of August, God wants you to be fully activated. You yourself be activated. You see, the person who is not dismayed is a bubbly person. 
The person who is not afraid is a confident person. It's a bold person. It's not a concerned person. It's not a worried person. He goes out there and he knows that God is with him. And so question this morning I want to ask you is, when you want God to fight your battles for you, what should be your spiritual posture? When you want God to fight on a look at the scripture, it's there, verse 17. You will not need, so when you do not need to fight your battles, but you need God to fight your battles for you, what should be your spiritual posture? And that's why we are here today. There are battles you need God to fight. There are things you need God to intervene. You will not need to fight your battles. So when you are at that place, when you want God to intervene, to fight for you, you want his presence to be functionally activated on your behalf, what do you do? One key principle in all of this, they seeking the face of God, was that they entered into radical praises. They activated they are praised in the moment of the adversity. Please, let me say that. When you lose your praise in the moment of adversity, you lose the sight of your victory. Praise in the moment of trouble is the ability given to you to receive and to retain the blessings prophesied unto you. Let me say it again. When prophecies have gone forth over your head, and the warfare begins to ensue because of the prophecy, praise is your way out. When you receive a prophecy in the face of battles, your way out is praise. So people who lose their praise in the moment of prophecy coming face to face with adversity lose their rewards, lose their manifestation. They lose their testimony. My prayer is that this morning, this scripture will guide your faith walk with God so that you will engage in praise and partake of the prophecies that have been delivered upon you. I love this so much. So here we see Jehoshaphat in verse number 18. He bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And the Levites of the children of Kohites and of the children of the Kohites, Katalabahasa stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. Let me say this, and then we'll go into some deep meat here. When Joshua delivered unto the people that God is going to fight for you, the Bible said he bowed his face to the ground, worshiping the Lord, and he made sure that the whole of the Levites, the whole of Judah, went along with him. Sometimes... When we are faced with very troubling circumstances, we are, we are able to easily communicate our sorrow, our pain to our sympathizers. But when we make the shift for the solution in praise, we do not communicate the same 
to the people we have already engaged in sympathy. I'll say it again. People come to mourn and sympathize with you in a moment of trouble. But when you make the shift, you do not transfer the same praiseful shift onto the people who may be sympathizing with you. So you realize that when Jehoshaphat got the word and he went down, he went down in worship and praise with all the people who were his sympathizers, all the people that he was leading. My little counsel this morning is that the same way that you get people to sympathize and empathize with you in the moment of trouble, you need to also find a way to communicate when you come out of that place, out of that place of sorrow and get everybody to be on the same frequency with you in high praise. Jehoshaphat was able to get everyone to be on the same frequency of praise with him. And so verse number 19, the Bible said that the people of God went out there in high praise, loud praise. We'll talk about that in the course of the service. But verse 20 says that, and let's read from verse 20, which is a very popular scripture. Believe in the Lord thy God, and you shall be established in his servant, a prophet, and you shall prosper. And then the Bible said that in verse 21, I love it. Verse 21. If you want God to fight your battles for you, verse number 21 is your verse. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord, and that they should praise the beauty of his holiness as they went out before the army, and to say, praise the Lord for his mercy endure it forever. Praise the Lord. So first of all, Jehoshaphat appointed singers. He appointed singers and, uh, and got them to be singing praises unto the holiness of God. This is beautiful. When you want God to fight your battles or when you want to step aside for God to fight, one of the things you have to do is the appointment of singers. Appointment of praises. And the first appointee must be yourself. <laughs> It's a very beautiful service this morning. When you feel anxious, when you feel overwhelmed in your emotions, and you can't seem to gather yourself together, and you want God to fight for you, you want God to turn around the situation for you, the first point of call is to appoint singers. And I'm saying that the first appointee is yourself. Jehoshaphat was the first appointee unto his process of restoration, of normalcy in the place. He joined the people he appointed to worship, to sing. So appoint yourself first as a singer. And it has nothing to do with the quality of your vocal um, dynamics. You might be somebody who bends songs here and there. But God still loves your voice anyhow. So appoint yourself as a singer and begin to praise the beauty of his holiness. So you see that it's not everybody who thinks he's praising is praising. Because when singers are appointed, look at the scripture. Scripture must speak for scripture. And that, and that should praise the beauty of his holiness. So some people begin to sing to talk about the situation. No, no, forget about that one. You need to be singing and be praising the beauty of his holiness. So that is the kind of praise that will turn around the situation by turning the battle unto the Lord. So appoint singers and the praise must be focused on 
praising the beauty. That is, you do not see God at fault even in the trouble. You see, when you are praising the beauty of someone, you do not see their flaws. You are beautiful, even though there is a, there is, your nose is some way. But you are not making mention about the nose. That is not nice in your eyes. You are making mention of the strength of the beauty of the person. So, it is impossible to be praising God in the right way and be depressed at the same time. So, there are people who hold the two grounds. As they are praising God, they are also thinking about what God didn't do right based on their own assessment. Why? How did you allow me to be in this thing? Why did you allow this? I've paid my tithe. I've done this. That is you seeing the ugliness of the holiness of God. That is you not recognizing the beauty of his holiness, even in praise. Because you are praising and you are still thinking, how is it I've been serving you and I'm still barren? How is it I'm serving you and I'm still having this challenge? How is it I'm serving you and I'm still having this? That is not praising him in the beauty of his holiness. When you are praising the beauty of someone, I said that you take your eyes off their flaws. Whatever you think is a flaw. And you see, whatever you think is a disability is a flaw in the life of someone is based on your personal opinion. Because someone's definition of ugliness is someone's definition of likability. So what you don't like about someone is what somebody is dying for in the life of the person. So whatever your personal assessment of what God has not done well in the situation should not come to play when you are praising the beauty of his holiness. I'm saying that your problem must not be part of the equation when you are praising God. You can make mention of it, but you make mention of it still to praise the beauty of his holiness. And I'll show you in details how to go about that. Beautiful. And so he appointed singers. That's verse 21. And they, and they went out before the army to say, praise the Lord for his mercies enduring forever. Let me say that the armies of God, whatever enables, activates the host of heaven to fight on your behalf is praise. God inhabits the praises of his people and praises must go ahead of the army of God. The praises must always go ahead of the weapons of God. When praises go ahead of the army of God, God takes over the battle. God takes over the fight. I love it. Can we see verse number 22? I want to push gradually. 22 says, verse number 22 says, and when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushment against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come up against Judah, and they were smitten. Listen, when you want God to fight for you, you have to not just have the revelation of praising and the revelation of appointing yourself and singers, getting people to praise with you. Uh, you need to get into the practicality of the praise. Practically thanking God. Practically praising God. Look at the scripture in 22. When they began to praise. So thinking about praises and doing the praises are two different things. When they began to sing and to praise. I have told you before that it is easier to be quoting scriptures to be encouraging yourself. But it's not easy to sing when you are sad. <laughs> 
It's easy to talk when you are sad, but it's not easy to sing when you are sad, especially sing praises. So when they began to praise, the Lord set ambushment. They began do the practical praises. It's important to do the practical praise. Begin. Until you begin the praise, the enemy will be on ground. Until you begin the practical praises, the problem will still be there. As you begin to praise practically, that is when God actively goes to work for you. The activation starts when you activate your praises. The activation for victory starts when you activate your spirit in praises. And what is the first benefit of practically praising God? Number one, the Lord will ambush whatever is trying to ambush you. Watch the scripture, 22. (laughs) The Lord set ambushment against the children of Ammon. Remember, the people of God went with their army, but it was God who was setting ambushment against the children of Ammon. You see, when you begin to praise God, practically, whatever has ambushed you, it could be barrenness, it could be poverty, it could be people who have ganged up in your workplace, in your house, or wherever against you, but immediately you begin to praise God, the Lord will surround them. And any army that gets surrounded becomes very, very scared. They become very, very concerned because when you are surrounded, you don't see the enemy from ahead of you. The enemy stands behind you. And when your enemy is behind you, you are, you are gone. So when you begin to praise God, God begins to surround Kadabahasata. The problem, God begins to surround the enemy. It is consistent with the scripture in Joshua Chapter 6, when God instructed them that they should sing praises and go around Jericho seven times. It was that, that is the picture of ambushment. That is a picture of ambushing the problem. So once you begin to praise God, one of the key benefits is that the problem will be ambushed by the power of God that has been activated through your praises. So children of God must not joke with praises. You don't just praise because things are well. The real value of your praise is when things are not well. And that is what gives you real value for solution. It is beautiful. So that's verse 20. God ambushed them. Let's do verse 23. And they were smitten. All right. When God ambushed them, they were smitten. That is, and I believe that ambushment was number level one. Then God killing them was level two. So sometimes we start the praise. God sets out the mechanism and the machinery to ambush the enemy. Remember that surrounding the enemy is not defeat for the enemy entirely. But as they continue to praise, God moved a step from ambushment to smiting the enemy on their behalf. Tell somebody by your side, don't stop your praise. It is your continuous praise that makes God move from ambushment to destroying the enemy. So you can praise at a certain level and enjoy God ambushing your enemy for you. But if you want the enemy to be totally annihilated, then you have to continue with your praise. 
and praise in Revelation. They were smitten. 23 says, For the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, utterly to slay and to destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, everyone helped to destroy one another. So the next thing God would do is that when he wants to destroy them, he would set confusion in the camp of the enemy. When you praise God continually, and I'm telling you, I'm not talking about, you see, the believer must not just be a gun of praise. You must be a machine gun. The same way you must not just be a gun in prayer, you must be a machine gun. You must be an automatic rifle. A gun shoot one, pa, and then it's put to rest. It's like you praise one and you go to sleep. You pray one and you go to sleep. But a machine gun has a, has a lot of bullet, rounds of bullet attached to it. And when a machine gun starts spraying, it never stops. The bullet keeps going. That's how your praise must still keep going. Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Your praise must be a machine gun praise. That's why you need intensity, consistency, tenacity with your praise. And as they continue to praise, this is how God destroyed them. He set confusion in the camp of the enemy. You see, there is no problem with people ganging up against you in the shrine, ganging up against you in your workplace, ganging up against you in ministry, if you have the revelation of consistent praise. If you can praise consistently, God will set confusion in the camp of your enemies. And I see God doing that for you this month of August. As you activate your praise, wherever there is a gang up against you that your life must not befit the glory God has released upon you, God will set confusion in the camp of your enemy spiritually and physically in Jesus' mighty name. And they started killing themselves. Not only would there be confusion, God will cause your praise to activate his power that will make the enemies to kill themselves. The same people who ganged up to gossip against you and to smear you and to misrepresent you, God will set them in confusion and they will start gossiping against one another and they will start attacking one another and the whole process will be reversed and they will go down and you will stay up. That's why you have to see that praise is to your benefit. It's to your benefit. As you are praising God, God is hitting them and they started killing. They killed Mount Seir first and then they helped one another to destroy themselves. What a beautiful scripture. Powerful scripture. That's 23 for you. They helped one another to destroy themselves. So when you want confusion in the camp of your enemy, when you want your enemies to be destroyed, praise is the way to go. Activate praise. Verse number 24. It said, and Judah, and when Judah came toward the watchtower in the wilderness, they looked unto the multitude, and behold, they were dead bodies falling to the earth, and none escaped. One of the benefits of praising God consistently, activating praise is that no enemy shall escape from the sword of your praise. You see, in Psalm 149, the Bible talks about praise being a double-edged sword. Let's look at Psalm 149. Very nice scripture, verse 1. We can read 
from verse 1. Very beautiful scripture. Praise ye the Lord. Sing unto the Lord a new song. And his praise in the congregation of saints. Let Israel rejoice in that, in him that made him. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let them praise his name in a dance. Let them sing praises unto, unto him with a timbrel and, and harp. For the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. He will beautify the meek with what? Salvation. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them, don't be joyful in sorrow. Be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their bed. So as you are on your bed, you are praising God. And watch it, the spirit, you should do it. And as you are doing it on your bed, he said, let the high praises, let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. When your praises become high praises, they become a two-edged sword in your hand. The high praises in your mouth become two-edged sword in your hand spiritually. To do what? Next verse. It's to do what? <laughs> to execute vengeance upon the hidden and punishment upon the people. Execute to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron. This is beautiful. To execute upon them the judgment written. This honor have all his saints. Praise the Lord. All the saints who praise the Lord. This is your benefit. Bible said this is your honor. That no enemy shall escape from you because your praise becomes a two-edged sword spiritually in your hand. It cuts on every side and executes the written judgment upon demons and human beings that make themselves demons. Isn't it beautiful that you and I must activate praise in the month of August? You have to be a lively person. You have to be an excited person. Regardless of the burden you have, the problem you have, you have to be an excited person. You have to be a praiseful person because it will make sure that no business will escape you. It will make sure that no promotion that they are trying to withhold from you will escape. And no one who is trying to go against God's prophecy on your life will escape. When you are a praiser, this is beautiful. If this is not beautiful, I don't know what is beautiful again. 25. And this is the, the bottom part of the whole matter, the icing on the cake. Verse number 25 of 2 Chronicles 20. 2 Chronicles 20 verse 25. The Bible says, and when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil of them, they found among them in abundance both riches <laughs> with the dead bodies. And precious jewels, which they stripped off for themselves, more than they could carry away. And they were three days in gathering of all the spoil because it was so much. Please, your poverty is as a result of your lack of praise. Your lack and want is as a result of lack of praise. You see, Jehoshaphat and the people, they went to the battlefield the same way you go to work, the same way you go to the market, and you are going to the market more concerned and more praiseful. You are going to have nothing. You have to go to work. You have to go to the market more praiseful than having a negative mindset. 
You go there thanking God for giving you everything. And the Bible said, let's look at the scripture. And the Bible said, as they went out there in praise, they gathered the spoil. There is a daily spoil. What is a spoil? A spoil is, is the rewards of a battle. When you win a battle, you take all that the enemy has. But here you are not taking it from their hands alive. You are, God is killing them and you are gathering. It's a harvest. They took away the spoil of them. They found among them abundance. You see, your abundance is embedded in your praise. When you want to see harvest God has given you, I'm telling you the component of that harvest. God has given you without fighting in the market. You will find abundance in that harvest. And that abundance is a function of your praise. All praiseful people live an abundant life. Lack and want is a symptom of praiselessness. Ingratitude. Allowing your issues to be cloud your thinking in a way that takes energy of excitedness from you. So that your poverty and lack will be established. But praise destroys that yoke. It's an anointing. They found in abundance both what? Riches. So what is this abundance coming with? Riches. With the dead. The market they say is dead. But the praiser will find riches in that same market. This is beautiful. And I declare upon all of you watching right now and as members of the keeper's house, wherever you are, that may you find abundance and may you find riches in that abundance. I want to see the scripture. What else did they find? They found precious jewelries. So you will find a precious husband, a precious wife. You will find a precious partner in business. It's a precious jewel. You will find something precious because of your praise. A precious job. An appointment letter. That is nice package. Very precious contract. Great order for supplies. Great business. Precious. Whatever is precious in your life for an expectation within a particular time. You will find it in your consistent praise. Precious jewelries. And they stripped off for themselves. You also receive the ability to take. You understand? The ability to strip. Some people, there are things provided for them, but they lack the ability to take. Praise gives you the ability to take. Is it in the Bible? Yes. The Bible said that the joy of the Lord is my strength. So praise gives you the strength, the ability to take what God has given you. Not just prayer, 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 prayer. But praise. That's beautiful. What else do we see there? <laughs> I'm enjoying it, baby. And he said that they stripped off for themselves more than they could carry away. You see, we talk about God. I want to have a blessing so that I can be a blessing. Okay? Press down, shaking together, running over. That comes through Praise. More than they could carry. Means they had an overflow. They had an abundance that they didn't even have the capacity to store. 
more than they could carry. When you want to be rich, feel the rich, as we say. Be dusted. When you want to blow, one of the things you do spiritually is to be a consistent praiser. And there were three days in gathering of the spoil. It was so much. So when you don't want your prosperity to be a nine-day wonder, to be a one-day affair, what do you do? When you want your victory to span days and weeks and months and years, what do we do? Praise. Praise will give you continuous harvest that will be much for days and weeks and months and years. This is beautiful. One of the reasons why people are high today and the next year you, hear, you see them low and poor is because they praise themselves up there and they, they refuse to sustain their praise because there's a way that comfort will make you feel like you don't need to praise God again. That's why God kept telling them that when you are in the promised land and when you have eaten and you are satisfied, Deuteronomy chapter 8, he said that, remember, remember to praise me for I am the Lord that gives you the power to make wealth. Deuteronomy 8, 18, beautiful scripture. All right, so how do we go about this praise? How do we go about this praise? Let's look at verse number 6. Jehoshaphat stood there in verse number 5. Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court. So first of all, Jehoshaphat, he praised God. You must have an individual lifestyle of praise. That's number one. Number two, he stood in the congregation of Judah. Judah means praise. So he stood in the congregation of the praises. So you also have to join the congregational praise. So there are times you do it in your house, and that should be a daily something that you do practically everywhere you find yourself. Be a praiseful person. But when there's an opportunity for us to gather in fellowship, as we are about to return to physical church in some two or three weeks from now, you join in the praise. You have to join in the praise. In the congregation of the praises, in the house of the Lord, where? In the house of the Lord, not in the disco. In the house of the Lord. Before the new court, all right? So we come and praise. In the, so that's what you, that's number two. Number three, and what do you say when you are praying? And when you are praising, and, and, and he said, O Lord God of our fathers, are not thou over all the kingdoms. He said, are not thou God in heaven and rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the hidden? And in thine hand is there not power and might so that none is able to withstand thee? So when you want to praise God, one of the things you do is that you ascribe all greatness, sovereignty, authority, and power unto the Lord. You praise God's royal majesty. You are God in heaven. You are above all. You are above all the kingdoms. Thank him. And then the next one is that you thank him for his mighty works or testimonies in the past. Look at the next verse. You thank him for his power. You ascribe power, everything to you. You say, are not thou our God who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel and gave it to them to the seed of Abraham, thy friend, forever. So you also begin to praise God for some victories and testimonies in the past, whether in your life or in the lives of people you have heard God move. 
Some of them were not there when God did it in the life of Abraham, but they were praising God for what God did in the life of Abraham. And so you can praise God for what he has done in the life of your neighbor, in that church member, using that as a foundation of faith to praise God. You praise God for what he has done before. What does that do? It makes God to replicate in a different style what he did before in your own situation. So some people get depressed because let's say you are believing God for a baby and when they are doing a baby ceremony in the church, you start crying. What's wrong with you? When you hear somebody is having a wedding, you start crying because you are not married and you have been waiting and you have been having broken heart, all this. So some people who are believing God for children, it is even difficult for you to attend people's baby naming ceremony. It's difficult for you to attend weddings. It's difficult for you to attend things attend to things that other people have that you are believing God to have, it has become an issue of emotional, emotional burden for you that you, you have cut off. But one of the ways to secure activation of that power is to praise God for what God is doing in the lives of other people that you are expecting to be done in your own life. This is beautiful. Be excited about it. That, wow, God is still in the business of giving people children. I'm going to have it. It doesn't matter how long it takes. I'm going to have it. Praise the Lord. Next verse. And they dwelt therein. And and he said they built a temple. Can we read verse 7? Let's read verse 7. Had not thou our God who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel and gave it to them to the seed of Abraham thy friend forever. Verse number 8. And they dwelt therein and have built thee a sanctuary therein for thy name saying. So the next thing you do is that build a sanctuary of praise for God. How do you build a sanctuary of praise for God? You yourself, you are the temple. Make yourself available for praise all the time. And you know, there must be worship in the sanctuary all the time. Even when human beings are not there. The candle must be lighted. The incense must be pouring. So, you don't praise only when people are there for showmanship. You praise even when people are not there. Because the sanctuary must be open all the time. Can't be shut. So you yourself must become a praiseful sanctuary for the Lord. You must become a mobile sanctuary. People must meet you and ask you, what is the reason for your joy? You are always happy. And being happy all the time does not mean that things are going well all the time for you. But you understand that, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. That let me be the sanctuary of praise all the time. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. I'm a sanctuary. Every time you see me, I'm very happy. And I'm praising God. The reason why I'm happy is I'm praising God. I'm not going to fight. God is going to fight for me. Listen, I'm not one of those pastors who is fighting his own battles. I can't fight my own battle. God must fight demons on my behalf. God must deal with the devil on my behalf. I don't know that much. I can't even decode the devil. It is God. So I stick by activating things on the side of God and God goes to work on my behalf. Let me not try and face the devil. The devil is older than me. The devil knows this earth more than I do. 
And, I, and, I, and the devil sees me, I don't see him. With this, my naked eye. And it is God that will fight for me. So every time I make myself a praiseful sanctuary, make yourself a praiseful sanctuary. When they are saying the contract, they will give to somebody else. Glory be to God. God does what pleases him. But I know that this thing is a prophecy for me. And God, I thank you even for this news that has been given unto me. But I thank you that this thing is already secured. Beautiful sanctuary of praise. In fact, our next branch we will open. After Tekra, we'll call it the praise arena. It will be nice. It will be powerful. Great. Next one, do a loud praise. I, I want to just curtail because I, I need us to dance now. Do a loud praise. And you will find our loud praise in verse number 19. The Bible said that, and the Kohathites stood up to praise the Lord God. And of the children of the Kohites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with what? A loud voice on high. Loud voice. And I want to constitute for you what that loud voice is. It's physical energy in praising God. Number two is raising your voice and praising God. Number three is using instruments because if you go down there, you'll find out that these people gathered and they used instruments. Verse number 28. Verse number 28. And they came to Jerusalem. Verse 28, please. Give me verse 28. And they came to Jerusalem with psalteries and harps and trumpets unto the house of the Lord. And the fear of God was on all the kingdoms of those countries when they had heard that the Lord fought against the enemies. Praise the Lord. So they did that using instrument. Sometimes when we are playing instrument, you must have a tambourine in your house. Yeah, yeah, you must have a tambourine in your house. If you can buy a keyboard, buy a keyboard. But have a trumpet, a flute. Get a saxophone. Get something. Your hands are the first instrument. Clap your hands. Give the Lord a shout. Your voice, your hand, your, the members of your body, they are your first instrument of praise. When God said praise him with everything you have, that's what he means. The Bible said in Hebrews, it says, let us therefore come boldly unto him. And he's talking, it says that, and let us praise him continually with the fruit of our lips, your mouth. The fruit of your lips. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. I want you to put down Psalm 149 there, and then we'll declare it, all of us, wherever you are, and then we'll enter into some serious praises now. Psalm 149. I want every one of you to read with me. One, go, verse one. Praise ye the Lord. Sing unto the Lord a new song and his praise in the congregation of saints. Verse 2. Read with me wherever you are. Let, put your name there. Let Francis, put Keeper's house there. Let Keeper's house rejoice in him that made him. Let the children of Obin <laughs> be joyful in their king. Put your name there. Personalize everything there. Verse 3. Let's go. <laughs> Let Keeper's house praise his name. Let Obin's house praise his name in a what? In a dance. Let Obin's house praise. Let them sing praises. Let them sing. 
Come on now, let's read it. Let them sing praises. Verse number four. For the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. Say, Father, you take pleasure in me. He, he will beautify them. He say, God, you will beautify me in salvation. Come on now, verse number five. It's beautiful. <laughs> this is singing the scripture to God. To bind their kings. <laughs> verse five. Let the saints be what? Joyful in glory. Let's read it. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. Say, from today I will be joyful. And I will sing aloud on my bed. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth. Say, the high praises of God shall be in my mouth. And a two-edged sword in my hand. (laughs) This is beautiful. Say, I expect the execution of vengeance. (laughs) And punishment upon the wicked people. Verse number 8, in my prayer, say, to bind the demons and the principalities and the witches and the wizards in chains of iron. As I praise God right now, somebody say, to execute the written judgment. Say, every judgment that is written in eternity shall be executed when I praise. For this is my Anna. Anna. Say, this is my Anna. Go to Niger, say, this is my honor (laughs) as a child of God. Now shout, praise the Lord! You have been listening to the Testimony Word broadcast from the Keeper's House Chapel International. Locate us at Madina Estate, Accra, off the social welfare road between the Gulf Lane Station and Wawan Washing Bay. Follow us on Facebook at the Keeper's House Chapel International. Podcast and audio rima at Reverend Francis Auburn. Visit our website at www.kpshousechapel.org. One word. For further information, call 0244-177-831 or 0204-916-168 or 0277-532-360. Experiencing Jesus, Bethany Ministries.